This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. I had this thought and idea today to start talking a little bit more about how to be a success or be successful or to have a successful career or just have a consistent career despite mental health challenges. Now, the challenge I'm having with wanting to talk about this is, first of all, I don't necessarily feel like I've completely solved this. I still am managing this all the time, and I think that's probably the first shift is that there isn't really, at least in my case, and perhaps in your case too, there isn't necessarily a solution so much as there are tactics, tips, and tricks to manage and be aware of varying levels of of mood shifts or mental health needs as you go along. So I can only speak to really my case and my situation, which is more in the realm of a mood disorder, chemical imbalance, highs and lows. Uh, I typically have highs and lows in my work, like intense focus and then a complete crash for really, if I'm, if I'm being honest and tracking it, it can be like two weeks of feeling pretty inept and not able to do much. And that has been a massive challenge throughout my career. I mean, I talk about it all throughout this podcast over the 500 episodes of it. And so there are particular episodes about particular things. You can go through the catalog and try to find some of those. But largely, I have dealt with a lot of test iterating how I feel in certain situations and which things I can be honest about and which things I can't really be honest about. So for example, it does help when you get hired at a job to express some of the mental health needs that you have, that there will be times where I'm not on my game and I might need to go for a walk or I need some, I've, I've expressed the need for some freedom to take breaks when I need to. And that there may be times where I completely crash. So if there are opportunities to work from home, those are usually helpful to to have a little bit more freedom and flexibility in, in getting the work done. But it's important to actually make the promise of, of getting the work done and finding the time to get the work done, even if it's at your own pace, in your own environment, and in your own way. And so for me, that was important to make sure that I was at a job or worked at jobs that were able to accommodate that. And some very much aren't especially if you're freelancing and you work with some clients who are very needy or assertive or aggressive about the hours that they need your attention for, or, um, being very much on you about details and responses and managing your time in in a much more minute way, it can be very much um, a challenge to work with somebody like that. And I, I don't think it's invalid for someone to be, uh, a bit of a micromanager, but I think if you're dealing with mental health challenges and you could have 
mood swings at any moment that you're going to need to work with someone who's flexible as a, a boss or a mentor, right? And if you're trying to get a job, I would not really mention that uh, in the job interview necessarily because while, yes, it is illegal to discriminate, uh, they don't necessarily have to tell you why they didn't hire you. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's it sometimes, um, I, I wouldn't recommend mentioning that you have weeks or, or, you know, days at a time where you can't function. And if you're working a job where you can compile um, time off, then it may be useful to use some of that time off when you know that you're going to have those crashes or those mental health day needs and, uh, or sick days essentially. And I think that's another tip or trick is that if you do have sick days at a job that you can use those sick days for mental health days. Now it's, it's important to use those for mental health days, not necessarily just like I'm tired and can't get out of bed days. And that's one of the challenges too, of understanding ourselves is which days are, you know, executive functioning burnout i can't focus i am actually not useful and and that's a little bit that's hard to admit that i'm not useful today because most of us can like push right most of the time you can you can push yourself out of the bed you can get take a next step you can follow the path and eventually get to work and maybe do the bare minimum but you can still do it but there are days when you're just like I am actually just going to get in the way. And that's usually my, that was my measurement for when I worked at a job of when I would take a mental health day is like, this is a day in which I am going to get in the way. And while like that doesn't sound like something that's going to get you closer to success, it actually shows responsibility and it shows reliability for um, your ability to perform when it's time for you to perform. Right. So I'm of the mind that, yes, because I have had mental health challenges, I've felt this need to overcompensate when I do have the time to focus. And usually I'm looking for tools and tricks in my own trade, whether that's like keyboard shortcuts or uh, automations or um, I've sometimes used virtual assistant services. I have dyslexia, so. I seek out tools like Natural Reader, which is a, an extension on Chrome, to allow for it to read out emails to me, you know, stuff like that. Right now there are AI tools, you know, showing up that'll be incredibly helpful, things like ChatGPT GPT, that can summarize an email for you or something like that, right? Or write an email that maybe you're too burnt out to write, but you can... You can maybe write out some of the bullet points and have it fill in the rest and then just do some editing or try to change the tone to fit your voice or something like that. So I, I think that's incredibly valuable these days to be able to do that sort of stuff. So lean on those tools should that be relevant to your career and situation, right? Um, you know, the the mental health side of things is, is really hard to manage on a day-to-day -day basis, but for me... That's one of the reasons why I wanted to become a freelancer and start my own, you know, work for myself and set my own hours because I know that a lot of my mental health situation is unpredictable. So 
I have to, well, I have to do a couple things. Uh, throughout my career, I've had to allow myself to really rest when it's time to rest and really work when it's time to work. Now, what I mean by it's time to work is like sometimes, yeah, it is consistency and showing up in the morning. Other times it's, I have good energy right now. Let me use that energy, right? And not abuse it, but allocate a few hours a day, you know, whenever is the best hours that you have. Like just really thinking about when are typically my, my best hours. And then some of the basics are important too. Like, and, and I don't mean this in like a hyper disciplined way, but it's incredibly important to get good sleep and to eat better food and to take deep breaths and to move and go for walks and exercise and stuff like that. Those are the basics, right? And, you know, meditation helps for some people. Um, sometimes going for a walk can be a meditation or taking a shower or you know, self massage or something like that. Um, or, or, um, I've heard of workplaces that have a full kitchen and that, um, making a meal for yourself at lunchtime is more of a presence, right? I, I had a habit when I was working a job of, of, of packing a lunch or, or getting one of those frozen meals and then cooking it and then going back to my desk and I'd sit there and still tinker at some emails or whatever. Right. And, um, I think particularly with my fellow millennials, we tend to push ourselves to keep doing executive functioning and, that means being on our phone or whatever. But I have no doubt that the increase in executive function, function burnout and the executive um, uh, function relationship to things like ADHD, the increased um, diagnoses of ADHD, I don't doubt that that has a lot to do with access to analytic usage of our brain via our cell phone. Most of the time we're tapping and making decisions and while creativity involves a lot of choices, anything that we're doing on our phone is typically lighting up the more analytic side of our brain, the, the executive functioning of our brain. So even when you're on a lunch break, making your meals, if possible, is something that can be a mindful presence activity, listening to music or playing a video game that is not about managing and making decisions or, or anything like that. Uh, so it's important to work in those mindful activities throughout the day because I find that, you know, I only work about five hours a day at most in terms of my, what, what I'm getting paid to pay, uh, paid to, to do because that's my limit. And that's another thing is really learning what your limit is. Now it's one thing if you're working an eight hour job and a lot of people working an eight hour job are not really doing eight hours of work, right? If we're going to be honest. And I think that's something I had to be honest with myself pretty early in my career is that most of the time I'm really only getting five hours of really good work done, uh, at, on, on my really good days, on my not so great days, it's less, um, but I'm factoring in render time um, when I'm doing video editing and stuff like that. And that stuff is, is, is billable. So 
when you're getting into freelancing and stuff like that, that gets into different territory. But if you're getting into something like coaching, it's now considering that you are on a limited bandwidth. That goes into your value, right? I, I mean, some would think that's the opposite, that you can only work so much, so you should be charging a discount or something. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. If you literally can only work, you know, one or two hours a day or provide focused energy one or two hours a day to something that you do really well, not something half-assed, but if you do something really well, then charge accordingly to fill in for that time, right? So what it benefits someone with mental health challenges is to figure out ways that you're going to learn to develop value in a much more potent way. Because time and focus and executive functioning are at a premium. It's your, your functioning is much more expensive. Whereas that there are people who can operate 12 hours a day without breaking a sweat and do that for quite a while, which astounds me, but there are people that can do that. To compare ourselves to those people is, is not fair, first of all. And a large part of it is acceptance. Accepting that this is the situation. That, yes, you will have growth stretches and you will be able to expand your capacity to some degree. But there are limits for certain things. Like, I find that my analytic limit is, again, like four or five hours of doing podcast editing and uh, graphic design and all of these tasks that when I've started to take on other projects to add on to that, to, to make ends meet and to make extra money, I just fumbled the ball because I'm just burnt out by the end. Like I'll, I'll work from 9am to 2pm straight through pretty much. And, uh, after that, I'm just burnt out. I'm just completely done. And now it's different if I do three hours in the morning, two hours in the evening, not as like hitting a wall, but still pretty much the limit of what I can do. And then when I work events, which sometimes are for, you know, one of the events that I work for, it, they're long days. I'm usually pacing myself and not, um, you know, kind of not, not on, uh, not super focused the whole time, you know, try to stretch it out as best as possible. So the challenge is, is, is expectation management with others and yourself, with your bosses, with whoever your client is, and then, um, with yourself as well. And, and then I think something like, uh, I talked about recently, the four subtypes for the Myers-Briggs types, I think that's incredibly valuable to know if you're a person who is really interesting in trying to build a scalable business, because in that case, you can start to outsource things to people and start to build that way. Or if you're someone that is a solo creator, leaning on someone who is scaling, someone who is building a platform or something where you maybe don't have to do as much administrative work that you can, you know, do your craft and find the right people that usher you. And, uh, or are you someone that, that needs consistency in a nine to five job? But 
because you desire that consistency and you have struggles mental health wise with your consistency, I think it's going to be important to build positive relationships with your business over time or with the company that you're working for over time so that they can be more accommodating to you. Um, and then with consistency, I think you'll have time to make adjustments to what your needs are. You know, it could be adjusting the hours that you work. It could be working at home. You really have to advocate for yourself. And I think that's a major component that I'll come back to in a second. Or are you someone that, uh, you know, builds one-to-one relationships and you are more of a coach or more of a behind-the-scenes person or an HR person um, and really need really need support emotionally from a therapist or from someone to talk to on a regular basis to, you know, to keep you, uh, at your best, you know? And then I guess, I guess the last thing that I can think of right now is that advocating for yourself. Like really it's about taking personal responsibility. And that's one of the things I wanted to talk about in this podcast is that, that idea of, of daily mental health management, because, you know, you're not in therapy every day or every moment of every day. We spend every moment of our lives with ourselves. And if we are not going to advocate for ourselves, who will, you know? So there are ways to ask for things where you're not going to put your job at risk. Now, the challenge though, too, is that if you put out a request and then you find out that they say no and they don't care, then that's going to reveal to you that you need to find something else probably and find people who do. And luckily enough, we're in a world where there are more search circumstances and situations that do accommodate mental health needs. But it's about finding the balance of also being valuable and reliable because the reason you're being hired is because you're contributing and finding your ways to contribute is important while uh, developing the social credit to be able to cash in when you need to and take the breaks when you need to. So advocate for yourself. Take the sick days that you need. You do not need to say what disease you have. You can just say that I'm not feeling well. Uh, you take vacation days. Find the balance of executive functioning and holistic functioning. Getting into nature, exercising, mindfulness, cooking, or listening to music not being on your phone when you're not working, really reserve your executive functioning for the work that you're doing and otherwise do other things. And, um, you know, attune to your style, attune to your, the hours that you can work and figure out which times of the day are you most focused and alive. And I think when you can think about those things, you can start to really design your life. And I think it's imperative for anyone dealing with mental health challenges to really think about designing your life, not just defaulting to the nine to five, though you might have to do that for a while. You might have to push a bit, which is unfortunate, but it's what needs to happen. And in that push, you, you sort of figure out where your limits are. It's not about prematurely saying that I can't do this because I have mental health challenges, but it's like really finding where the edge is and then, you know, being willing to push to that edge, but not beyond it. 
you know, because then it becomes detrimental. Then it becomes bad for your mental health. Obviously you're only exacerbating things, but then also you're not useful, frankly, um, which is not a great feeling either. And you're only getting in the way. So don't, you know, it's like people who show up to work sick. It's like, you're going to get people sick. Don't show up to work sick. (laughs) You know, uh, like, why are you doing that? But people do that because they're afraid of, of being perceived as less valuable. They're afraid of being perceived as, uh, not a team player or not showing up or not consistent when it tends to be paradoxical, tends to be detrimental. Uh, you know, take what you need, self advocate. You need that. So I guess those are the things that I can think of right now to help with some, some mindset shifts around, uh, I guess how to be how to build a career with someone uh, who who's dealing with mental health struggles. Um, you know your circumstance is yours. It's specific. It's what resources you have access to. Whether or not you're going to therapy, um, if you're able to have outlets and creativity, and um, you know, good balance in terms of how you spend your, your time and energy and the food you eat and mindfulness practices and, and all of that stuff. So that's all I got. Thanks for listening to Happy Chemicals. My name is Christian Rivera. You can support us at ha- patreon.com slash happy chemicals. And I also have a book called Happy Chemicals, a neurotic memoir, which is all about me sort of spewing my mental guts about some of the mental health stuff, but also my relationship to my inner authoritarian and uh, sort of letting my ego do some weird talking. And for better or worse, sometimes it's a little nuts. <laughs> Other times it's it's just plain funny. And I'm just trying to have a good time. So Happy Chemicals, a neurotic memoir. You can find that at bit.ly slash happychemicalsbook, all lowercase, not on Amazon yet, but when it will, when it is, I'll let you know. So this has been Happy Chemicals. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. See ya. Inspired by the life of the savvy and ambitious Colombian businesswoman Griselda Blanco comes a new Netflix original limited series. Griselda tells the story of a devoted mother who, with her lethal blend of charm and relentless savagery, creates one of the most powerful cartels in history. Witness Sofia Vergara's captivating transformation into the godmother of the underworld. Griselda, now streaming only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by FX's Feud, Capote versus the Swans. Inspired by actual events, the series tells the story of Truman Capote and the women he betrayed. The original housewives, they were society's most elite women. Rich, glamorous socialites who defined a bygone era of high society New York. From creator Ryan Murphy, this drama series features an all-star cast, including Naomi Watts, Demi Moore, and Diane Lane. FX's Feud premieres January 31st on FX Stream on Hulu.